Welcome to the Church Safety Guys broadcast. Welcome to the Church Safety Guys broadcast with hosts James McGarvey, Paul Buckner, and Mike Scully. Together, they make up the Church Safety Guys. Their mission? to inspire, influence, and impact church safety teams. Join us for the next hour as we talk about all things church safety and security. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, join one of our church safety and security communities online, and share this broadcast with your church. Well, good evening and welcome to the Sunday night broadcast of the Church Safety Guys. I am James. And I'm joined by Mike and Paul tonight, and I'm just going to apologize in advance. Normally, I am straight, straight-laced, straight-faced, and Paul is always making crazy, crazy faces in the background. So I just I lose it. I lose my seriousness. Uh, one day we need to do like a capture, like capture the backstage moments of CSG for the blooper reel. That would that would be pretty amazing. I can oh, tell did, you. I actually I was, three I was mentioning that today. That yeah, three hours. <laughs> three viewers, meaning you, oh. him, and I. <laughs> I uh, I mentioned that to that. I mentioned that to somebody today. I said, you know, if you had a blooper reel of what goes on in the background when we're trying to get ready to do this, you would probably stop watching. <laughs> can you hear me? What? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can, can you hear me? Ah! <laughs> Basically. So if you're if you're joining us, uh, feel free to like and share uh, our our broadcast. You can also visit us on uh, YouTube slash Church Safety Guys. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube at a later time, feel free to click like and subscribe in that lower right hand corner. And uh, and then if you're if you're a podcast person, you can pick us up through the week on our church security app. That's my that's my initial pug. Yeah, we don't have any any cheering, but we have that up and running. Oh wait, wrong sound effect. <laughs> and then if you uh, if you want to look at our resources or or reach out to us, you can do. Th- do so through churchsafetyguys.com. So tonight I am actually up in Michigan. So for those of you in Ohio that don't like that, I apologize. <laughs> I will tell you that the roads in Michigan are better. They are better than the roads in Ohio. So I'm slowly becoming a Michigan fan and everyone is 
extremely hospitable. So I was up, I was actually up here yesterday and today, and the food is amazing. <laughs> I think Michigan has better food than Ohio. <laughs> Someone hasn't been to Texas yet. Oh! You know what, Mike? You can just shut up. Where's the mute button on his mic, Mike? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> So yeah, so I am actually, I'm live uh, at the church, uh, Ravana Baptist Church up in Ravana, uh, Michigan. And uh, I have actually watching live, I have the safety director from that church sitting next to me and he's cheering right now because I actually said Ravana correctly. And I'm sure some of the team members are at home. And if, uh, well, I'm about 30 minutes north of where John John Leo Riley is. And so he and I have been doing stuff yesterday and today. They graciously allowed me to stay at their house <laughs> overnight. Great. So he, uh, John's like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to crash in my pool and I'm going to send you pictures. And I'm like, I really don't need to see that. Right. <laughs> Please don't. So anyhow, but it's, it's been great, uh, being up here, a, a great team, very solid. Um, you know, honestly, and I, and I mentioned this to this, this to them earlier today, it was really nice because, you know, with, with what we do in the ministry and, and we talk to churches a lot and we try and coach them and we try and help them through stuff. Uh, it was actually really refreshing and encouraging to, to see a church that is doing so well. And they, yeah. they are doing a, a fantastic job with their team and their leadership is awesome. And, uh, it was really nice because I came in, um, I sat in the service, Shh, don't tell anybody, but I actually sat in the service and worshiped and the, and the preaching, the message today was awesome. It was actually, it was about the, um, the good Samaritan. And I just had like this massive light bulb click on in my head about how that applies to church safety and security. Mm. Mm. And I was like, oh my goodness, why haven't I thought of this before? But I thought, right. you know, of that, of that command of Jesus emphasizing to help others and treat others right, even, the, even to the least of these. And uh, it just popped into my head. What a, what a great explanation. If, you're, if your church leadership is hesitating on church safety, you know, pull out, pull out that passage and you can say, look, you know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to care for each other. Jesus said to care for each other, like, um, like we care for ourselves and to go out of our way and to help people. So what better way to do that by protecting and, and serving in that capacity? So there's, it was, even, there's even three uh, levels of that too. When you talk sure. about the safety umbrella, cause you, you have the medical aspect where you could have the care from a medical angle you have the hardened security aspect which we obviously downplay more as a ministry and hope we never have to use but certainly train and prepare for but then you got the facilities aspect as well not necessarily mm -hmm. the basic maintenance or or taking care of hospitality related items but cameras and card key systems and and actual physical keys things like all of those areas so in a way we're, we're having to reach out and care in different ways and wear different hats, even though our badge may say safety or it may say security. We do all of that. And, and that's, that's, it's awesome that you said that, but John, uh, John mentioned that uh, as well. And we were talking about that and we said, look, and, and John used this illustration. He said, you know, if you're, 
if your team is saying, hey, go talk to that hospitality person instead of let me help you find what you need or let me help you go where you, where you need to go, then that's not that's a hard issue. That's a cultural issue. That's what you know, that's what we need to work on um, together and, and independently. And, um, you know, that's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. But, yeah, uh, Kevin uh, Van Horn, he's the safety director up here. He shared the link. So if you guys are interested, definitely check out their website and, um, you know, you can hear that that message recorded live today. And it was it was really good. I, I was very thankful. It was one to me. It was one of those messages where I was like, you know what? I think God had a reason for me sitting in there and listening to that. Um, plus, all of the music was like praise songs from my college days. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I actually knew the words and I was able to worship. It was awesome. It wasn't like any of this new Hillsong. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Please address all comments too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyhow, Paul, yeah, Paul, Paul, you wanted to mention something, then we'll bring our guest well, in. So I've never thought about. I've never thought about the Good Samaritan in that aspect. There's other biblical stories, but sure. think about the fact that we can get so busy doing ministry that they didn't, they passed by the man that needed ministry really, really badly to not be unclean. That I have right. to go serve at the temple. I can't be unclean. There's a threat to me. This could be a trap. I could get blood on me. This could be a problem. And as, as, church safety our heart has to be ministry first and so you may get bled on and, and you're definitely going to get people's emotions on you and so it's a challenge i think for us as christians but also as church safety to not be to not be so on god's business that we don't forget to do god's business yeah that's that's good i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to unpack as mike likes to say i'm gonna have to unpack that and think about it some more later that's good stuff well, you know, the, the, the pastor, um, Isaac is his, is his name. Um, he did a great job presenting. He was very animated and I, I love listening to animated people. And, and one of the things I noticed was, um, you know, he, he was very, like, there wasn't a lot of filler. He was a great speaker. He was very energetic and, uh, you know, he really brought, brought those points home. And, and one of his exhortation or encouragement was, you know, what are you doing this week to love people? Mm, boom. And I'm like, wow. Okay. I need to get up and leave now because that's, that's, too, well, that's too convicting to me. <laughs> Speaking of great speakers, how about this yep. segue? So we're going to introduce, our introduce uh, Mr. Carl Kirby. Kirby. He has actually uh, graciously joined us this evening to put up with Paul's nonsense. Ah! So, Thank you very much, Carl, for for joining us. You're awesome, and uh, I love I love your ministry, and I love what you guys do. So, um, thank you. Well, thank you, guys. You. Thank you for your ministry as well, because it is vitally important. The world that we live in today, we need church safety, but we need to do it God's way, and not the way that the world would kind of tell us to do it, which uh, many times can be our tendency. Sure. For sure. So for, for those of you that, that, uh, that don't know who you are, can you just kind of go over your background and, and uh, talk about your ministry for a bit? Sure. Reasons for Hope turned 10 years old in January. And uh, I would say that my primary focus is getting people to be able to trust the Lord 
and to trust his word from the first verse all the way to the end. Uh, I, I love apologetics. I think it's a very important tool. I don't think it's the only tool, but I think it's a very key tool, especially in reaching a generation that is inundated with this message that God's word is old, it's outdated, it's filled with fairy tales and fables. You can't trust it. You know, science has proven there's no God. And, and so we've got a generation that's been taught by the world to think like the world. And I put it like this. The average young person spends 900 hours a year in a school system. 80 to 85% of the Christian homes send their children to the government schools be to be trained by the world to think like the world. Then we wonder why they go to the world. Well, it's reinforced that 900 hours with 1,064 hours of television and then 936 hours of this. Wow. And we're bringing them to church for an hour a week thinking that we're going to overcome all of that mess that they're getting. It's not going to happen. So we have to, we have to be proactive. We have to reach out to a generation and teach them how to think, how to apply their faith in a world that has gone crazy. And to show them that when you do start from God's word, there's answers to it. And so that would be my primary focus. Amen. I love younger generation, but I, I mean, I have to speak to the whole body of Christ, but I would say I definitely have a special emphasis going after younger generation, because if we don't reach them, you might as well shut the doors. For sure. For sure. Right. One, one of the things that, that we did at, uh, at our church was we kind of opened the door for engagement and, and, and involvement in ministry mm -hmm. for the teens. And we were actually one of the first churches that, um, to have us, you know, well, when we set up our safety and security team, I reached out to the youth pastor and I said, you know, we're losing, we're losing teenagers. Like they're, they're growing up, they're getting to 18, 19, and then they, they have no engagement with the church. Right. Yep. And so um, my wife and I, we have, have four, uh, four awesome kids and two of them are in that zone where they're, you know, they're, they're trying to get established and, and whatnot and, and get settled and they're trying to find their place for ministry. And so I reached out to the youth pastor and I said, look, can we, you know, can we help this? Can we reach out to these kids and bring them along to shadow and help us with this ministry? And um, it was looked at really skeptical. And I, I introduced that argument. I said, look, you know what? In 10 years, we're not going to have anybody. So right. why aren't we building up the people below us? you know, right. or not below us, but younger folks to bring right. up. And uh, it really, when, when we went with it and I, when I made that case, it was understood, it was recognized, it was embraced. It was like, you know what, this is a really great idea. And a lot of our ministries in the church said, wait a second, you're, you know, you're having 16 and 17 year olds come in and you're showing them what you do and that sort of thing. Maybe we should do that over here too. Yeah. So well, because you're what you're doing by doing that is you're you're turning someone from a consumer to a producer, right? When 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 I'm just sitting and consuming, as soon as you're putting something out that I don't like, I'm out of here. But mm -hmm. if you're training me and teaching me how to apply my faith in this world, and I can start producing, and I've got a passion in this realm. I, I mean, I I think that every young person, every junior high high school kid, needs to have a ministry. And that doesn't mean standing behind a pulpit and speaking because not everybody is called to do that. That means sure. if it's uh, loving on a, a group over here, if that means it's helping in the sound room, if it's helping uh, behind the scenes, that gift of helps is like, that is just as valid a gift as the, as the uh, superstar rock star preacher, superstar rock star singer. 
It's the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. We're hands, we're feet, we're all these different pieces. And when, when I embrace that and use what God has given to me, I think that's when you really see the body just shine, man. And it's an opportunity for those leaders to who have those young young adults that are essentially stepping in to service, not as, hey, I got another body or I got another person or a grunt to do that task I didn't want to do anyway, but instead to sit there and mentor them. And yeah. that yeah. is a responsibility to reach them in that opportunity. It's not, it's not about the task, but the task is something that yeah. opens the door to communicate. And that communication is what opens the door to love. And if you can show them their love, you might demonstrate and model Christ's love, and they may then find a reason to stay at church. I, I can tell you, the only times that I really feel like I've grown in my faith is when I've been serving, when I've been doing something. Because I, when I started leading a home Bible study, uh, that's where my growth, blew up, my growth blew up because it was like, I didn't want to look like a goof, man. I got folks coming over here. I got to get in and know what I'm talking about <laughs> and prepare it. And that's where it started. And sure. then when it was uh, going and doing something as servicing at work or taking people to go serve at an Olympics outreach or to serve like we're doing with our road trips now, where we take people and take the bus out and, and we go and we train them. Then we go do street evangelism. I'm growing from just that opportunity to pour into these guys and then watch what they're doing. And that encourages me so much and makes me want to get in and know even more so that I can be even more effective with the whole discipleship mentorship process. Yeah. Amen. So, so quickly to follow on this, because what Mike just said and, and what Carl just said, there's a saying I love, and I'm going to butcher it, but it basically goes that you should always have a mentor who's two or three steps ahead of you on the journey, and you should always have somebody behind you that you're able to mentor that's yeah. two or three steps behind you on the journey. <laughs> and, and the reason for that is when you do that, um, you will never truly understand a topic, Carl, until you teach it, right? And, Absolutely. And, how many times have you guys, anybody that's taught a Bible study, anybody that's taught anybody anything, you have an aha moment when you're teaching somebody else to do it. And you're like, well, credit, oh. I think I just got it. <laughs> and, yeah. and you have these aha moments. I was, I was witnessing to a guy today over lunch and I said something about ego and pride. And I was like, <laughs> when I said it, I was like, okay, I, I think I just learned something. And yeah. he starts laughing, but you know, when we're doing that and we're always learning from somebody ahead of us on the journey, they are, they're ahead of us, they're older, they're more experienced, they're wiser. And then we can bring somebody along, whether that is the sound booth. And then the second follow for that is I used to do what I ran a security team for a decade at my old church. And in order to get a lot of what I needed done, I took over maintenance. Well, I would have people come to me and say, my son really thinks you're cool. No idea why, but they thought, you know, can he come hang out with you? And every, like every parent will stop and go, once my kid hit 13, I wasn't cool anymore. And so you've got that person that, that your kid thinks that person's cool and you know, they're a squared away believer. If you can plug your kid in with a ministry, we're told to talk about God's word, walking down the street when we get up and we lie down. And so we had some real talk because I was able to talk to him about where he lived in places he doesn't want to talk to his mom or his dad about you know, and, and about manning up and how to be a godly man. And so there's so much meat in this and it hits us where we live. And I've had some of these guys reach out to me and say, man, I need some prayer. I'm really struggling with something, mm. you know, rubber meets the road yeah. stuff. I've always believed that you train yourself out of a job. Um, mm. I love what I do right now, but you better believe there's some guys that I'm pouring into that I'm praying that one of these days are going to pick the ball up and run with it because I know that my time is short. 
And so whatever time that is in the big scheme of things, it's not a long time. So mm -hmm. it's like, okay, who's going to pick the ball up and run with it? And I don't care if they ever put reasons for hope on their T-shirt or anything like that. I could care less about that. Are they going to pick the ball up and go and do something to, to share the love of Christ with a culture that really needs to know? I get excited as a chaplain when people repeat back to me and don't realize they've repeated to me something I've yep. said to them. And I had a guy go, he goes, you know, we're really, we're really like kind of like the common denominator of the five people we hang out with the most. And I'm sitting here secretly thinking, I wonder who told you this, but he got it. And he said, you know, there's a couple of people that they want me to go drinking and get drunk and they want me to go party or, or go to this club I shouldn't go to. And I don't like me when I do that. So I've realized they're one of those five people and I don't want to be that. And I'm yeah. inside, I'm going, yes. Yeah. And that's great, but also teach them to understand that those five people that they've finally realized not to hang out with, that they're still God's children, that they still need prayer, and well, they still come with you sometime. And yeah. that's honestly, that's one, that's one of the things we've said many, many times here this weekend. And, and uh, one of the guys um, that was here asked me to repeat it. I said it yesterday, and he asked me to repeat it today. And I said, you know what? I said, I've had the opportunity to pray with people more often in this ministry than I've had to draw a firearm or direct, you know, direct this or that, or, or handle an active shooter or anything like that. And you know what? And, and John uh, Riley was saying this over the weekend too. He said, you know, if you can't lead somebody to Christ, then, and you're serving in the church and you can't do that, then you're not really serving. Mm. And I was like, Wow, that's kind of a hard. <laughs> I think it was Paul Lake that said to Dan Blevins in the Church Security Through Prevention podcast, why would you teach somebody to recognize a doesn't look right? Somebody that's hurting, somebody that might be a danger and not teach them how to minister to them. And I was like, oh, I was like, if that doesn't encapsulate what we try to do, I don't know what does. And uh I get excited about those moments. We call those gold nugget moments, Carl. And I mean, you mm. won a minute ago. And those are those gold nugget moments where you're like, ooh, that's good. I'll be taking that with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that brings a whole different mindset of does your everyday carry contain something strong enough where you can pray with that person? In mm. other words, are, have you been in the word enough? Ooh. And do you have enough ability to, uh, you know what? in the moment, pray for that person. Because mm -hmm. honestly, it's not only about what caliber do you have and how fast is your draw? Yes, that's important, but it's not the only importance. And I think that's the distinction. And, and Carl, our, a big part about church safety guys is really the ministry aspect of church safety, not just physical security. And I think there's much push out there that we see it each and every time we talk to folks all the time that there's so much push in the world of training because the, of the money involved and the idea that they want to push tactics but no one's necessarily pushing the pulpit or pushing getting fed they're they're only pushing this latest greatest spin on some training and i yeah. think that's the big difference so tonight's topic of discipling our team is so important from a standpoint of how are we not just training our team in tactics but how are we actually reaching those team members yeah yeah uh boy i tell you i, I was going to tie into one thing i'm not church safety never been trained but uh, i did travel for a while 
uh, as the roadie before I got into doing what I do now. I was the roadie, set up, tear down, and all that stuff. And we were in Spokane, Washington. We're in a big, uh, big facility, but it was not in a very nice section of town. And I'll never forget we had all these tables out, a lot of money in the, you know, the little boxes and everything. And and a gentleman walked in, and uh, he didn't look comfortable, and he was kind of like eyeing everything. And so I just, I'm sitting there. I mean street smart okay i grew up around crazy you know my dad was a professional wrestler so i grew up around guys with one name crusher bruiser mauler assassin i'm not the good church kid growing up right i mean i was trouble and i'm looking at this saying uh this doesn't feel right so i just went to the people said you might just want to be on a be be careful i'm going to go up and talk with this gentleman and so i walked up to him hey how you doing and make a long story short we started talking and it turned out that he's like, man, what are you guys doing here? He was searching and he was nervous because he was in this bad section of town and he didn't want his peers to see him in here doing anything Christian. And I had the opportunity to share the gospel with this young man and to share uh, some other resource. I gave him resources like, here, take this stuff, man. And so, you know, that, that ministry side of security, yes, I felt like I had a responsibility to protect these folks here and there, but right forgetting sometimes that that person has a spiritual need. Every person on this planet has a spiritual need and they need the Lord Jesus Christ. And so how do I balance that? I pray, I praise God that you guys are doing that from what the little bit that I've heard from you and know about you praise God that you're emphasizing that ministry aspect because that's, that's where it's at, man. Mm -hmm. What does scripture say without love? You're only a resounding gong depending on your translation, you know, you could, you could reveal the mysteries of the universe, but without love, you're only a resounding gong. And we've all met the person that can quote chapter and verse, but they have no love. They're so Amen. cold. They're so whatever. Yeah. And we want to know the word because without the word, the Holy spirit can't move in certain ways, but we got to have that love. And I, I, sometimes when soldiers go to war, they're taught to dehumanize the enemy. And I think if we're not careful, and Mike, you really talked about this a moment ago, if we're not careful in this world of church safety, we can dehumanize people that are hurting as this masked, faceless, soulless, active killer, if we're not careful. And those are God's creation. And if, if we can maybe love on people before it gets to critical mass, maybe they'll never get there. You know, Mike was talking about the discipleship component. And the one piece that when I started, uh, I shouldn't say I, it was a team. When we started Reasons for Hope uh, 10 and a half years ago, our tagline is when it comes to our faith, we need to know it, we need to live it, and we need to share it. Because you can have all the answers in the world. I've been in apologetics for over 20 years, been around, you name it, I've done it. I mean, it's just, I'm not bragging on myself. I've just been around, done a lot of things with a lot of different folks. And I've been around those guys that are so smart. You're like, what in the world? God, where was I when you were handing this stuff out, right? And uh, then you look at their life and it's like, eh, no thank you, right? So you can know all the, you can, you can know everything, but if your life and your lips aren't in sync, it's worthless. Ooh. And by the way, you can know everything and you can live a great life. But that's essentially worthless as well, because if you never get to the point where you share Jesus Christ with somebody, it's that the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. That's what it's all about. So I use apologetics as nothing more than a, an opportunity to get to the point where I can preach Jesus that they can understand. Mm-hmm. And to me and the discipleship component, we have to understand what are the stumbling blocks that this world has thrown up in front of this generation to keep them from listening 
to what God has told us through his word. And we go after that. And that, that's where I, that's what I try to do in our discipleship component is let's identify the issues that the world's using to get somebody to not even give uh, God even a, a, an opportunity and let's address it and deal with it. Praise God. That uh, I, I want to come back to that because that is amazing. <laughs> um, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to take a quick sponsor break because it's about the half hour. But uh, when we come back, we will definitely dive into that a little bit deeper. So there's a lot here. As, as Mike says, there's a lot to unpack. This is awesome. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned, stay with us, and we'll, we will be uh, right back with you guys. Even at church, bad things can happen. Medical emergencies, active shooters, predators, even domestic disputes. Is your church, is your ministry, is your sanctuary prepared? Do you have a safety or security team? Find out how you can be with James McGarvey's new book, The Case for Church Safety and Security. James McGarvey's experience and training, along with a biblical foundation, bring much needed information in today's trying times. It offers a true biblical perspective for starting, keeping, and growing a safety or security ministry in your church or place of worship. The Case for Church Safety and Security, a brand new book, includes a special foreword by Frank Pomeroy, the pastor at the First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs, Texas, where they experienced the worst active shooter in U.S. history. This compelling book shares insight on preparing yourself and your church from potential threats with a biblical worldview. Start your journey to a more secure ministry and worship freely knowing you're safe. Get more information now at churchsafetyguys.com and pick up your copy today. With over 50 years of experience with religious and nonprofit organizations, Thomas Alexander Insurance and Associates understands that your congregation is different from a traditional business. We're here to fulfill your needs, coming to you while creating a personal plan for your budget and size. From your local community to around the globe, we are advocates for you. Thomas Alexander Insurance and Associates, your partner in service. is a nonprofit organization dedicated to help inspire, influence, and impact church safety and security teams. We are about all things church safety and security, which starts with a ministry mindset and a servant's heart. We're protectors, guardians, ambassadors, and shepherds. We help church and place of worship safety and security teams all over the United States through our broadcasts, online communities, conferences, trainings, resources, and products. Help us reach more churches in impactful ways by considering becoming a monthly ministry partner. $2, $5, $20 a month will help us continue to provide these resources.
right. Welcome back from the break. If you just joined us, this is the Church Safety Guys Sunday Night Broadcast, and we have uh, guest Carl Kirby with us from Reasons for Hope. So again, thanks for joining us tonight, Carl. Uh, we are talking about discipleship. So I wanted to, to go back and, uh, and jump in um, to, to the topic. And, and John Riley, I guess he's probably watching from his pool, but he just posted and made the comment, uh, the church is a beacon to broken people. Expect a broken or doesn't look right to come to church. They yeah. must most likely need prayer, not a tactical response. So, and, and he mentioned that earlier today that it's like, you know what, if somebody doesn't look right, you know, that doesn't mean that they're somebody you have to drop on the floor and handcuff. Maybe it's somebody that you have to pray for or, you know, engage with and that sort of thing. So, yeah, for sure. I look at the response Jesus had for people that were hurting that came to him and it was always mercy. Um and I try to remember that a, a lady ran out of our sanctuary today and ran into the women's restroom. And I started looking for a volunteer. And about that time she came back out and we had a very powerful service. And I think, I think without going into the topic, I think something really hit her. I think she was overwhelmed. I think she ran out to, to get to a, a spot where she could clean up and she went back in quickly. And she might've been in there one or two minutes before I could come up with a female volunteer to go in and check on her. But life hurts. And I, I've never had God move in my life in a powerful way and teach me something without having an emotional response. And sometimes when we come face to face with the truth, it's a very powerful thing. And um, I, I think we can fall into that trap, like what John was talking about of this person comes in and maybe their clothes don't fit or their demeanor doesn't fit. And yes, we should be aware. We should be as shrewd as vipers, but as innocent as, as doves, but we don't want to walk up with a proverbial 12 gauge and, and address that person. We want to go in in love. The very last thing we want to do is hurt someone. And I literally have talked to people that the way that they were accosted to use the rude terminology for being greeted, drove them away from a church um, I remember somebody telling me that he was told that he's a Christian now, but when he was a teenager in the seventies, somebody walked up to him his first Sunday at church and said, cut your hair, change your clothes and come back and see us. <laughs> what? Yeah. Show me where Jesus said that. Anyway. Yeah. So much of the time there's the Pharisees, the tax collectors, all of the different people of society at the time or even today where it's so easy and even easy for us on the safety or security team to go and drift towards a mindset of us versus them. And it's just not true. And at the end of the day, yes, someone's behavior could escalate to the point of our involvement, or they could become victim to something, whether it's medical or whatever, where it dictates our involvement. But the point is we're not supposed to only be involved if and when they cross that line, Amen. we're supposed to help them across that line in a good way, not the wrong yes. line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, 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 I was thought in really, really quick, James, because it yeah, dovetails definitely. perfectly with what Mike just said. We had a guy last Sunday that um, went out into an area that only kids are in and background check volunteers. And somebody pointed it out. I went, I walked out there. I started talking to the gentleman. He was a guest. Um, 
And I, I said, listen, I apologize. I said, I can't be out here unless I'm background checked. And I am as a member of security. And I said, but I can't leave you out here. It's a church policy thing. We have to be very careful. I said, but I'd like to get you into, and I named how we introduce people into church. And I'd like to get you with this volunteer and this volunteer. And he said, well, I really just want to work with the kids. And he said, I get, I've got some social anxiety. I spent time in prison. And I was like, red flag. But I said, yeah, but I, ding, and I started talking to him and he was nervous. And what I was, what I was picking up on as his DLR doesn't look right nervousness was he's got social anxieties. He was used to prison life and all these people are so nice in church and it's kind of weirding him out that his normal is, this is not his normal. And so I got to talking to his dad this Sunday and he goes, he's harmless. He's, he's a great kid. I, he's probably 30, but he said, um, I, we're just introducing him to these things in baby steps. And he said, I, I explained to him, you just can't be out there. And so we had this great conversation and I got him to the right people to get him involved. And yes, it threw up red flags and, and yes, his background check might prevent him from serving in certain capacities, but it doesn't mean he can't door greet or serve in our cafe or serve out in our parking lot, helping people park. And I could have walked up to the guy and I'll be the bad guy as the nicest guy in the world. I could have walked up and been like, you come here, you're out of here. <laughs> I'm not a bouncer for Jesus. And it's really hard if I start at this level of attitude to de-escalate from where I've started. I can always go up an octave if I have to. Listen, I apologize. I don't want you to leave in handcuffs. Can I please get you to step out here? I can always take it to another level, but it's really hard to back down if I start at stupid. And we were having that conversation with our, our safety team about that situation. And he's hurting. Yeah. And the reason he didn't look right was he had he was anxious and he was hurting and he felt uncomfortable. And guess what? He was back today. He was back today. And we got to visit with him and hopefully we can bring him to the Lord. So I think I'm going to get a T-shirt that says hashtag bouncer for Jesus. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we need some uh, some um, bling or not bling. What do they call Swag. it? Swag. Thank you, Mike. I knew you as would correct me. a set of brass knuckles that says that too. Yeah. That, oh, that's, a, that's a good marketing idea. But anyhow, so I, I want to jump back to Carl. You had mentioned earlier hmm. with discipleship, removing obstacles from teens so that they can hmm. understand and so we can engage them. <laughs> Um, what, what are your thoughts for like adults? Like, what can we do with, with an older generation that maybe is more set in, set in their ways for that? I think it's the same thing, quite frankly. Uh, what I, what I do say, let's go just say the younger generation first, I go to a camp on day one, I hand out index cards and I tell the kids to write down, what are the questions that are keeping you from selling out for the Lord Jesus Christ? Turn it down. I don't care about your name. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Turn it in. That's what we're going to deal with the rest of the week. Bring it on. Let's go. Um, and we go for it. And what I'm finding is that uh, I've actually taken and compiled all of those uh, questions over the years now. And those are becoming our debunked videos. I don't know if you guys have seen any of our debunked yeah. videos. They're three and a half to five minute animated fast paced. Because, again, going after the younger generation with a 2.2 second attention span. You know, so it's, you got to come at them quick and bring it. And uh, those are the questions that we're debunking. And uh, well, we're also now writing a, a book. And the, the title of the book, the working title at least, is uh, questions teens are asking that adults need to know as well, because the adults have the same questions. You know, this is what I've seen. It, you know, we think, oh, the kids, you know, they, they, they struggle here, they struggle there, they struggle. The adults struggle with it. 
Because quite frankly, what I see is that when a young person comes and asks me a question and I ask them, you know, if they're in a, do you have a mother, father in the home? Do you talk to them about these things? It's like, yeah, but you know, they don't, they don't know anything about this, you know? And so to me, the parents have to be the heroes to their children. And so if I want to get that parent, I've got to address the exact same things that I'm doing with the kids because they have got to be the come the one they have to become the one that in turn starts dealing with those issues with their kids. So if I take the issues that the kids are struggling with and take it to the parents and teach them how to deal with it, guess what? Now they can become the hero to their child. And so, uh, you know, I'll tell folks, one of the tools that we've got to help you do that is our brand new app. It's only been out a month. I mean, I had an old app and crazy story. I won't go into it, but a month ago, we about a month and uh, six weeks ago, we uh, we had to create a new app, and we did. And this new app is blowing everything that we've ever done in the past out because I made a decision. I said, you know what? I'm out of the DVD sales business. You want to buy a DVD? You can get it on our website. But I'm not. When I go out and speak, I've been at these meetings. I've been doing these things for 20 years. DVDs out there. Which one? Which one? I can only afford one. I'm putting it all on the app. I mean, when we produce this new app, every video that we have ever produced is going to be on that thing free of charge eventually. It takes time to upload this stuff. I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah, and so sure. uh, we're putting all of that up there. I'm talking the hour-long lectures. I'm talking the two-minute teachings. I'm talking the qu just a question and let's deal with it. They're all going on the app. So I would encourage anybody that watches this, if you want a tool to help you as a parent to deal with your child, go to your app store and uh, look up just reasons, plural, reasons, for for hope look for the blue asterisks on a back background black background and that's what it looks like when you download it every one of those tabs underneath there are going to be all kind of resources and this to me is how you at least get the know it component right get to know it but now the limit part you're going to have to pick that up and start doing it yourself amen and that that app is a is a great resource too. We we're always looking. One of the things that that we emphasize a lot is before before folks start serving on Sunday, they gather together, they do a short devotional, they pray together as a team. And you know, often one of the things that we pray for is protection around the church, and then we also pray for. Uh, that God would use the words that are being spoken to move hearts and change lives for him. And so we're always looking for uh, resources. So if you're, if you're, maybe you're not familiar with, um, with Carl and, uh, and his ministry, but definitely check out the app because there are some awesome resources on there. There's plenty of stuff you could, uh, I love the, the debunked videos. Like I, mm -hmm. I will watch them and, it's so fast. Sometimes I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes I have to watch it several times, but they're awesome. And the, content, <laughs> the content is right on. And so you take, like I've seen, I've watched, I think I watched two of them last week and I sent them to my kids and I'm like, Hey, watch this. Just think through how yeah. he analyzes and how he comes to the, these conclusions. But the reality is, you know, if you, if you download that and you get that as a resource, that's information that you can build into your team and you can share with them on a regular basis and yeah. make available at, at no cost to them. You know, discipleship doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be, um, you know, impossible to engage with somebody and, and to show them the love of Christ. 
So you know, one of the one of the places that I would encourage people to check out when they do that, download the app. Hopefully, they will. Uh, is when you go to the debunk tab. That second one was debunked, and under debunked it says miked up. Miked up is the uh, the high school and college age kids that we're pouring into. We've got a team just outside of Lawrenceburg, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And so uh, we've already worked with a team down in Florida. Now we're working with a team up in Georgia where we train them, teach them. Then they go out on the street. And the new Mike Duff video is going to be coming out where what we're doing now is they go out and they engage somebody. And I think two debunked ago, we, uh, we uh, debunked the claim that, well, you know, all roads lead to God. You just got to believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. Be sincere and all roads sure. lead to God. And so the kids ask the people, do you believe that all roads lead to God? overwhelmingly yes 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 and so okay we're going to show you a short video and then i'd like to ask you some questions when we're done and on that mic'd up that we're, we're going to release and guys we're not manipulating we just showed what happened we had a minimum of four and i think it was five that uh they totally changed their mind it's like i never thought of it like that it's like you know you're making me think there you go evangelism is a conversation not a presentation when you can just converse with people challenge them to think give them something that is solid it makes sense i believe that good things can happen and so watch those mic'd up interviews those are high school college kids that are out on the street talking to people now adults are in the background you know we're there to to help if uh, crazy things happen but you know what they're picking the ball up they're running with it amen that's great I was just thinking we can uh, we can add a link to your app, Carl, in our new app that we've launched for church security as a way of discipling your team. That's a great topic there and as a way to point them to that as a resource. Thank you, guys. That's it's something that I, I was witnessing to a guy today who's got two guys actually today that but it's they're very scientifically minded and they figured out that I'm pretty nerdy. And we'll start talking about things and they're like, I love talking to you because it doesn't freak you out to talk about science and God. And I'm like, okay, there's no place in scripture that God said, turn your brain off and follow me. I said, he did say, search out the heavens and the earth and you'll find me. Um, I said, so to me, when I look at the world and how things were made, I see that an engineer put it together and I believe the word of God and how it says it came to be. And I'm not afraid to have those conversations. And if somebody doesn't agree with me, that's okay. You know, I know what I believe. And it's a really amazing thing when you can engage somebody at that level and it doesn't freak you out. And uh, unfortunately, I think sometimes as Christians, when we really don't know the underpinnings of our own faith, we get freaked out when people ask us yeah. questions. So mm -hmm. to come off of that back to Carl's app, guys, you guys that are listening at home, whatever, he was just giving you an, an ability to come to deepen your own faith and your understanding of the word of God in the world and minister to your kids and friends and family and coworkers intelligently yeah. for and team on your phone and yeah. your, and your team. And <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. The, the, the debunk TV takes the debunk videos and it's a 28-minute TV show where the co-creator and I, we, we talk through those things. And so that is something that a parent can sit down and watch that with your child. You can do that. You can do that in Sunday school. And we're putting them all up there free. There's 13 episodes that are, that are going to be released uh, through VCY, which is a, uh, a station up in Milwaukee. And they've got a, a very large, they're like, I think, number three Christian radio stations in the country right now. I didn't realize that. They're airing our stuff, but they also have an online uh, TV station, and they're they're playing those. They're, 
there are tools that you can use. And I, it doesn't have to be ours. There's other great tools out there. But it is going, it is going to take the body of Christ getting serious about um, growth in their own life first. Because I can't disciple somebody else. I can only pour out what I got in me. And, and if all I have is a quarter-inch cup, I'm not Absolutely. pouring out any more than a quarter-inch cup. And you are not going to reach this culture right here that is openly aggressive, antagonistic, and mean-spirited. You're not going to reach that culture right now with a quarter cup. You, you and I, as, as <laughs> believers, we've got to get to the stage where we are saying, yeah. you know what? My faith means so much to me that I am going to take the time to get in and know why I believe and give an answer for it with meekness and fear. Second Timothy 2.15, right? Amen. I, really quickly, because this is a long story, but I'll make it really, really quick. I have a friend who had a dream <laughs> that he was walking with God and he had a sword on his hip. And he said this demon jumped out to fight him. And my friend's a warrior. And he said, I, I reached over and grabbed my sword and said, God, what do I what do I do? And God's like, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to fight him. And God goes, fight him. And he goes, I drew my sword and it was this long. And he said, I looked at the demon and the demon drew his sword and it was huge. And he said, I, I looked at the demon and the demon looked at me and I, I asked God. He said, I couldn't see God, but I could hear him. And I, I said, what am I going to do? And God's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to run. And he said, he said, I ran away and he said, then I'm hiding. And I, he said, in the dream, I'm asking God, why did you make my sword so small? And he goes, the sword is the word of God. And he goes, I love you, but you don't know my word. And he said, I woke up from that dream. He literally had this dream and said, I think it's time for me to get real with the word of God. He said, I had all the love and I had the faith, but I didn't know God's word. And you just said it. You can't give away what you don't have. You don't have. Love the Lord your God with all your Heart, yeah. heart, soul. Love the emotion part, man. Love the emotion part. I love great worship <laughs> singing. Love, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Mind, yeah. soul. soul, mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mind. mind is the component that many times we, 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 we let that one slip. And what we have done is we've turned over the teaching and educating of our children to a world that is doing it. And they're educating them with that 900 hours a year in the school, the 936 of video games, and the 1064 television. But they are educating them in a way that is absolutely inoculating. We got all this inoculation mess going on right now, right? Do I get the shot? Don't I get the shot? I'm telling you right now that the vast majority of the people on our planet, and especially this youth, are being inoculated in the school systems, in the media, in all these things from listening to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they don't have an option in it. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. When you teach them how to think and how to apply their faith in the real world, they can overcome this mess. And that's what that's my passion right there is to get yeah. them to realize that God's word is so strong that these silly arguments that these guys are going to throw at you, they are they are silly. I mean, when, when I listen to a Richard Dawkins, a, a Lawrence Krauss, try to explain how you can get something from nothing. And I show the clips to the people and show them to the kids. This is what, if you're going to walk away from the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what you're walking towards. This is horrible. And we're ashamed of Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. Yeah. What is it? The, uh, the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. The, Amen. um, it, it's crazy when you have those conversations, I was talking to a guy about evolution and I said, so you're saying that two monkeys, became people-ish enough to breed and they were born in the same birth life cycle, productive life cycle on the same continent during the same billion year period. And both of them were interested in each other. And this guy looked at me and he's like, 
when you put it like that, I said, okay, I believe Adam, Eve, God, people. And I said, but you would have to have put ape person and ape person in the same place at the same time. And there ain't nothing random about that. And he goes, but when you put it like that, anyway. Take it a step further. You Christians, you believe we all go back to one man and one woman. Oh, then we should be a bunch of idiots by now because of incest. Okay. Well, hold up. What's the biblical history say? We do go back to one man and one woman, but in the beginning, perfect, perfect humans. Why is incest a bad thing now? If there is no God, why do you call it bad? There's no God. You want, you see, you want my morals, but you don't want my God. You can't have my morals without my God. And here's the bottom line. If you think we have a problem, which I'm not going into because of time here, Sure. We got an answer to it, but let me just give it to you for a second. So you're telling me that it's a bad thing. Then explain to me how ape-like ancestor evolves into the black folks in Africa, who some of them eat fish, which spurs brain development. So they get smarter and move north to turn white. How did incest disappear with ape-like ancestors? Where'd they come from? Incest Every step of the way, you had to have it with the ape-like creatures, with the uh, the folks in Africa, every step of the way. And you think, we got a problem? No way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you look at I, so I'm going to say this very carefully. I was a single man in college defending my faith to an atheist who had a very attractive girlfriend. And I turned to him and I said, I'm not being coy. I said, that evolved. And I pointed at his girlfriend. And she kind of looked at him like, be careful. And I said, when we do this right, that beauty combined and we're loving each other the way we're supposed to, there's all these emotional gears that don't grind and that it doesn't lock up and bog down when we do it God's way. Animals just chased, chase an instinct to breed. I said, all of these emotions and fulfillment and all these things that happen when we do it right does not happen in the animal kingdom. That didn't evolve, much less the beauty that God created in the opposite sex. And he had no argument for that. He was also very smart because she looked at him critically like. Yeah. <laughs> Better not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> One more thought here. I know we're running short on time from a discipling perspective is I, I think discipling as a word for so many people look at it as only for reaching people for God. But I think we as leaders in the church have an opportunity to not just see it as discipling people for God, but for our church's mission of which we serve and for the team's mission or vision that we're part of casting. And so I think there's discipling has a multifold aspect of what we're called to do. And God, yes, is the top of it. And we need to make sure our team is being fed uh, and not just serving on Sunday. And we need to make sure that they're being fed, not just by God, but for the mission for the church in which they're called to serve and that they're bought into the vision that we've created for our team, which again, should fully line up with the church, with God, and it's all together. And when we're operating as a team in that aspect, you, you, can't, you can't get better than that because you're firing on all pistons. You're together in unity with God's message, your, your, your pastor's message, and your leadership vision for your team. You're, um, that sounds really familiar, Mike. Where have I heard that Gee, in, I the wonder. Last, in the last couple of days? One of our upcoming books, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> 
That's By all I'm say. They know that you have been with me. So whenever you guys are ready with closing remarks, I'm happy to pray us out. But I did. You guys may have noticed. You guys at home may have noticed. I had picked up my phone. I have downloaded said app. It is now on my phone, and I'm going to be checking it out. And I have some friends that are thinkers that are very close to giving their lives to the Lord. So as a civilian chaplain, I'm going to be putting this out there. I've got some people that I go to church with that my church plugs seekers into ministry opportunities where you're serving in the cafe. And the idea is the Apostle Paul style of um, while I was with you, I knew nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. So you may be served coffee or tea by somebody in our cafe who doesn't know Jesus yet. And they're just hanging out with these weird people that are kind of cool and they're asking questions and I see this huge opportunity to to be sliding this into those conversations so I would highly encourage you double dog dare you guys at home to download this app <laughs> double dog dare. yeah so what we'll do we'll go ahead uh, and uh, close up in prayer so if Paul you want to go ahead and close us and then uh, we'll wrap it up all right Dearly Father, Lord God, I, I ask that you would help this podcast, this broadcast to reach the right ears. I thank you for Carl and his ministry. Lord God, I ask for traveling mercies for James as he comes home. I thank you for the opportunity. He got to go and get some special training this weekend to be part of that ministry opportunity to speak as well. And Lord God, I thank you for the new books, the new opportunities. Lord God, again, that this would reach the right ears. We're if we're not careful, we're going to lose the battle and uh, with our kids and with with children in our church, with with people in and around our church body, Lord God, there's so much that's coming at them so fast and we need to be taking this very seriously. And, and Lord God, your word doesn't come back void. It doesn't come back empty. So when we're able to lovingly get your word out there and share the gospel, Lord God, your word's not going to come back void. It's going to bring a harvest. We just need to do so humbly, but boldly. And Lord God, I thank you for Carl and his ministry. I ask that you would you would amplify tenfold that platform without him having to touch it, that people would share it. There'd be a, a, a bigger explosion than he's even experienced now. And Lord God, I ask that you would bless him, that you would guide him. Lord God, give them new opportunities. And we lift this up to you in your son, Jesus name. Amen. 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 All Thanks, right. Gentlemen. Thank you, thank sir. You, Thanks for coming on. All right. So real quick, just to wrap up um, for resources, et cetera, you can visit us at churchsafetyguys.com. Uh, next week, we will actually uh, be talking about Vacation Bible School. We're actually going to jump into that. Um, so, Paul, I expect to see you like dressed up in some like, is a clown still OK? I know we went through a period where clowns were bad, but um I just, I just flashed back to that amazing picture of you teaching the children's service at that church in Michigan. And I, I was like, this is so fitting. It's so perfect. They're going to get mad at you because you're calling them all children. I was We're sitting on the stage God. of the church. Please address all complaints to James McGarvey. I get an, I get enough complaints from the peanut gallery. So anyhow, next, next week, we're going to be talking about vacation Bible school, VBS, and uh, we're just going to be kicking around. It's, I think it's just the three of us. So we're going to be talking about some best practices for uh, keeping your kids safe. And uh, we've actually, we've, we've never done a discussion on that before, so it'll be good. And uh, we've had a few churches reach out to us recently and ask us if there's anything that we can recommend for uh, running those, those special event programs through the summer. So we'll be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll be talking about that. And uh, as always, uh, like I said, you can visit churchsafetyguys.com for our resources. Visit churchsecurityapp.com uh, to download our 
a brand new church security app, and it's the only one out there, and it's really awesome. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I can't, there's like, a guy what? here that's got a fair amount of content, these little short videos. I don't know that he's okay, but I think all the stuff from James and Mike's pretty good. So, <laughs> hmm. A lot okay. of resources there, and, I, and we, we continue to kind of pour into that. It's a platform Absolutely. that we're hoping will reach folks even beyond the YouTube and the Facebook uh, social media aspect. So for the, if you have folks on your team that have made the conscious choice to not be present on social media for any number of reasons, they can still reach our broadcast. They can still reach our resources that way. Um, yep. And it's a great handy, handy way for them to have it because they can now get it on their mobile device. So um, church security app in your app store, uh, whether that's on Apple or Android. Yeah. And the cool thing too is it's, it's absolutely free. Uh, it doesn't cost anything. If you log in, uh, there's actually a members section where you, you do have to create a login, but that doesn't cost anything. That's free as well. And we have stuff behind that, uh, that login. Uh, we actually, we, we upload videos from Paul um, through the week so you can share those with your team. Uh, we have uh, snippets from the devotionals in there. So if you need a quick devotional for your team, um, on Sunday morning or something like that, you can open that up real quick and get in there. And there's some, there's some great content that we've uploaded, uh, as far as, you know, discipleship and that sort of thing. So definitely check it out. And, uh, we will plan on, um, Lord willing, we'll plan on being with you all next weekend. So take care guys. Have a great week. Uh, if we can do anything for you or your ministry, feel free to reach out and we will talk to you next time. Take care. God bless. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback. Looking for ways you can help us reach more churches? Share our broadcast with your teams. Consider becoming a monthly ministry partner. Like and share our page and join the discussion in our Facebook groups. Visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com for other great resources. Remember to keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and semper disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.